You're listening to the Driven by Design Now Awards podcast. I'm Mark Bergen, the founder of Driven by Design, and joining me is Kirsten Mann. Surprise. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Yeah, look, Kirsten, <laughs> fantastic. This is episode 19. Oh, I can't believe how quickly this year's gone. I know, it has. But uh, listeners, we're, we're getting into possibilities. It's, possibly it's an alternative future, potentially. Exactly. So we talk a lot about better future. Designing a better future. But here we're going to talk about what are some of the possibilities that might be in that future. And this is where this month's awards, and we, we do say this often, but they are really exciting this month, aren't they? So what we're trying to do here for the listeners is to make sure that we're expanding their idea of what could be. And But I have to say, this is a pretty practical future as well. There's things here that are already there. And I think that one of the ones, we had a bit of an argument, didn't we, of what was our favourite award? (laughs) Discussion. Discussion. Two industry experts, we had varying opinions and then we explored (laughs) what those varying opinions meant. And I think we'll elaborate on that as we get closer to which ones they are. So where are we going to start first? Well, before we jump into that, I'm going to remind people, this is an audio-visual medium. We do want you to go and look at the show notes but also make sure you have a look. These are the top five projects, but there's another 20 projects in this collection. And that's the same with all the collections. So take a listen to the podcast if you happen to be on a train or on the subway, but do take some time to look at the show notes because that's where it really comes to life. Well, and we're going to start with one where you actually have to see the site to really see the the full picture here. There's a fantastic video. I've got to say, this is one of the funniest videos we've seen in a while as part of the submission. And it was also, this was your favourite project, wasn't it? Well, look, I, th- I think one, one of the things that's interesting about this is what a substantial difference it could make to, to our society. And this project is the Sony Portable Bidet, or Bidet, depends which, uh, which Where you're pronunciation from. you've got. <laughs> is that but, like an American versus Australian? Look, I, I'm not even <laughs> data, going to go. Data, data. Yeah, it, it, it could just be which side of the bed you woke up in the morning. Right. But the interesting thing about the idea of a bidet is that we know there's some people who believe that they want to have a level of cleanliness after a human action. Now, let me just stop you there for a moment because I, I heard when I first saw this, I saw Sony. So I was thinking Sony. Sony? But, oh, okay. <laughs> High Sony. fidelity, but. <laughs> I was thinking, what the hell? Where have they gone? So, but it's not. <laughs> no, so it's not. But where I, where I was heading to is there's, there's some people who believe that the way that they, are, uh, they feel clean after standard human activity is that they want to go use some wet wipes. And wet wipes are the scourge on sewerage systems around the world. They wind up actually giving the catalyst that creates fatbergs, and if mm-hmm. you and we'll put in mm-hmm. a link into fatbergs if people need to know about them. And they're also, from a biodegradable perspective, they are very low on breaking down. They, yes, they eventually do break down, but so does plutonium. But, okay? all, but also toilet paper, right? Let's so do. toilet paper is an issue. Wet wipes is an issue. So the people at, uh, at Sony had decided, let's come up with a portable bidet and let's go and see if that's going to be a proposition that would work for people who are on the move and also for people who don't necessarily want to put a traditional bidet into their bathroom. So we're talking about a bidet that is not only for your home, but you can take on the road with you. That's right. Cause it's we something have very... that I haven't really thought of, to be honest. <laughs> so it might surprise you, but this is not the only product in this category that I've seen in the last <laughs> couple of years. Okay? It doesn't surprise me at all. <laughs> They're further along the road than other people, mm-hmm. but 
what it does is it gives us an opportunity to say maybe the way that we think about toilets and cleanliness and uh, personal hygiene needs to be rethought. They do it in an excellent way. The communication that's in this project is fantastic. They use some very good techniques. It's very humour, of course. But they also (laughs) manage to go through and solve a human problem. Mm. which In a practical way. Which isn't necessarily solving the problem of do you need to make your bidet portable it's actually solving the way that people feel that they've got personal hygiene. And that's a that's a great option that's there. And contributing to a better future ultimately. Absolutely. So now we're going to go somewhere that which is a little bit different again, a bit futuristic, and this project is called Marsha. Now I must say, as somebody who grew up during the Brady Bunch. <laughs> yeah. I, I again, Marsha, you think it means that, right? Yeah, not, not at all. Not. So uh, listeners, Marsha is um, from the people at AI Space Factory and – that really doesn't tell you a lot. No, it doesn't. And again, so this is one to because you kind of to get the full idea of what they've really designed, you need to go to the site and see the images and things that are provided. But basically, what these guys have done is captured um, self-sustained living in a sense. So you could be able to have this kind of laboratory. They've kind of talked to it about having it on Mars, um, but really being able to habitat, create habitats anywhere. On planets. What we need to consider is it's only this week that on the European um, space program that they grew some um, uh, meat cells in space. Wow. And so this project here uh, that we're looking at is the AI space factory is how do you go do 3D printed habitat? Because not only do we need to grow meat in space, but we also need to grow plants. We need to grow a whole bunch of other bacteria, funguses, algae. They're all important and you need to have a very sophisticated environment to do that. You need a lab environment. They've worked out how to go put it in the shape of a rocket so it can go in the head because we always know that's where the, the, the real payload is. And they've been able to go do something which looks like it could just land. And as we've seen, Elon Musk knows how to land rockets. Mm-hmm. Up. I'm looking and going, actually, this is a plausible possibility that's out there. And if we don't start exploring it now, we're not going to have it ready when we need it. Well, even creating environments in areas that we're currently living and struggling in, right? Desert, for example. Well, that's and that's a, that's a very interesting point because earlier this year in one of the collections, we looked at a, a con- shipping container mm. that had then a, a biofactory in exactly. it for, for plants. And recently when I was at the McKinsey Design Leaders Summit, that was the thing that seemed to be most shared and talked about, which was how does the idea of food production and algae um, sequesting carbon. How do those two factors give us enablement with a bit of future immediately? So I think these sorts of projects, which are giving us laboratories that get into other forms of biological habitats, is equally as important. It's a great project to go see. Well, kind of still on the AI futuristic theme, we've got Scribit next. We have now. The Scribit project here comes from uh, comes from a designer that I have an immense amount of respect for, Carlo Ratti from MIT. I'm not sure I've seen a project from Carlo that doesn't make my jaw drop. Mm. You know, as, as somebody who continues to come out with things which are absolutely awesome. But the idea, you know, we're sitting here in in some new offices for your for your organisation, and there's lots of artwork on the walls. But they've been applied to a solid membrane, which has then been transported. It will have some glue on the back of it. The idea that you could actually just mount something on the wall with multiple pens, multiple colours, and that it could go and do the same sort of artwork that we're seeing here, 
is phenomenal. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? And so basically for the viewers, you you can take and have images or whatever they're on your phone and it almost kind of um, – it transcribes that to the wall and creates that image there without needing any, you know, transformation there. And so it, what's more interesting though, I think, with this, because again, I'd be kind of saying, okay, how many uses kind of for this? It's the robot itself that they've created is pretty fascinating. And that and that's something that we're seeing, you know, there's this project here from Carlo Ratti where, where we're seeing some robots that could be useful in our life. Um uh, about a month ago, I was in London with Isbaha from Fuse Project, and he was showing me the cradle that they then use as a robotic uh, cradle to go help children to fall asleep mm-hmm. as for their well-being. And I'm starting to go see robots that don't look anything like the Jetsons. Yep. And they haven't got arms, they haven't got legs, but they do have a very good automated process in our life. Mm. And I think that's the interesting point, that it's we're starting to see more of those things coming through in some of these projects. Now, have you got an Aston Martin? I haven't, actually. Do you know anybody who's got one? I don't. However, this is our next project, which is um, the Aston Martin Heritage EV Program. And what's really interesting, over the last, over the last year and a half, we've seen a number of heritage cars, vintage cars that have been fitted out and have basically this whole, you know, they've gone and given up the carbon footprint, haven't they? Yeah. And so, so listeners, I'll, I'm, I'm getting an idea of how much of a car nut or not <laughs> Kirsten is. So, or not. Yeah. And I'm going to – so that was very polite, wasn't yeah. it, really? And what I'm going to do is help you here with just some language. It's a powertrain conversion. Oh, of course. Okay. So we're not going to take away your Aston Martin for all of the other things that's there, but so it doesn't actually bugger up the planet, we need to go take out the internal combustion engine. And so the team at Aston Martin have said, well, let's go keep everything that's awesome about the Aston Martin, but let's go see if we can replace the powertrain with an electric powertrain rather than an internal combustion powertrain. And what's really important about these projects is if we don't bring everybody along into a decarbonised future, there's going to be people who'll be like nail houses, you know, those where there's a freeway and there's one house in the middle of it. <laughs> what we don't need is heritage car owners being the people who keep saying, but you can't actually get to a decarbonised future because of my car. Well, this is the thing. You've got to be able to take people on the journey for a better future. And and these guys who love these vintage cars, they are not moving if they're not converted to something like this. And I've got to tell you, there is something extraordinarily elegant about Aston Martin. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. And it would be great that that actually can come into the future, not be left behind. Well, we're still on the car trail here. And this for me, this is is our award. This is our number one this week, right? Now, even if it was a bit contentious, but... What this really resonated for me was when I saw this project, and this was the Audi AI Trail Quattro, I think it's called. Um, and what was fascinating, it, I looked at this, I thought, this is Blade Runner now. Yeah, well, actually it, it is. And listeners, says, so there's a couple of things that we've got here. One is that we wind up seeing that the Audi Quattro probably goes back to roundabout. It really broke through in the early 80s, which was where Blade Runner 1 was. You, you watch and, that and you're like, this is what this vehicle's all the about. the idea of being able to have four-wheel drive mm-hmm. in a car that was a suburban car was just groundbreaking. But also drone-guided, right? Well, so that brings us up to today. Yeah. So we've then gone through and we've had recently, I think it was only 12 months ago, we had Blade Runner 2049 where in the very opening scene, the car gets parked and then a little drone gets deployed to go and actually supervise the car and do some other functions. 
Well, what the team of Audi have done here is they've envisaged a car that actually has a drone that flies ahead to go and actually put the lights ahead of the vehicle. And I think all of us know that if there's a car ahead on the road, it's so much easier to mm. drive down the road rather than just having your illumination. But that's, that's only one of the features of this project here. In it, they've actually got something that looks like a moon buggy, but it's actually a proper car. They've decided to reimagine the way that the back seats work and the back seats actually are really like a hammock. Yeah, it's like a hammock for the whole design. And so it? the idea that you've got this hammock structure there, which removes weight from the vehicle, mm-hmm. and probably more important than anything else in an electric vehicle is weight and weight management. So they've done some smart moves there. They've made sure that they've got the maximum glazing that's in there. It's been styled beyond any 3D rendering person's mind. And it's probably one of the the few that we've seen. Like we've seen a number of vehicles starting and we've talked, we've seen planes, all the rest of it. But that has really tried to push the AI-supported functionality as well. Yeah, and I think so. We're, what we're going to find is that we've got a period at the moment where we're trying to get up to level five of autonomous vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, we seem to be getting to level three quite easily. Level five is really just a challenge of how how fast and how soon. But to get beyond level five, which means that the car is fully autonomous and is safe, and then say, right, now we're going to get you into off-road environments. We want you to pick terrain. And that's actually where all of these off-road vehicles come in, where it's how well do they handle unpredictable mm. terrain. And the idea of using drones to go and actually use some remote sensing to understand the territory, it's a given and it's great to go see the team at Audi who have decided to go push this forward. And again, it's another one where you really want to go and see the website because you can't, us talking it through is doing it no justice whatsoever. Yeah, and so listeners, I think there's a, that's, a, that's a really important thing that we're looking at here is these resources that we're creating through the NOW Awards are meant to help design executives, leadership teams to understand what's coming up, what's actually contemporary in the market. And without going and looking at the online resources, I'm not sure you're getting the maximum you can out of this. Mm. And uh, we do appreciate your feedback. So if you're seeing some of the projects and you need to know a little bit more, let us know. Well, that's our round for today, isn't it? It is and it's another awesome, I can't believe that we've got Collection 19. We've I got know. one more to go for the year and there's, it's going to be a very special collection for us because Kirsten and I are actually going to go travel somewhere very remote so that we can go do this last podcast. So we're going to be at the same location at same the same location, time somewhere else in the world. But we're heading off to probably to one of the most futuristic places that you can imagine. Um, but you'll get that in a month's time, listeners. We'll be able to just turn around and actually enjoy seeing the projects that we're going to curate over the coming month. Kirsten, thank you so much for yet another great collection. Thanks as always for having me, Mark. And listeners, we'll be back, as we say, in a month's time with Collection 20. And uh, until then, be driven by design.